Welcome to Complete Edition, the podcast between a PlayStation trophy hunter and an Xbox achievement hunter. This is episode 21. I'm your host, Compulsive Nerd, and I am joined by my co-host, AJ. How you doing, AJ? I'm doing well. 21 episodes. It's, it's, it's gone so fast. I guess 22 because we had an episode zero, right? That's right. That's right. I didn't even think about that. I, I always am baffled by our number. Every single week when I change the doc to be like 21, 22, which we're not like other shows. We don't delete as we go. <laughs> um, I keep a record of all the docs that we have done just because it's fun to kind of look back on on what we've done and like see how we structured it. But yeah, I mean, like I can't I can't believe it. You know, if we, if we were going not biweekly, like this is starting to get to the halfway point of a year, you know? Yeah, definitely. We're and, uh, close, I'm doing so. I'm doing well. Um, I got a new like pres- I, I had an eye test and got a new prescription for uh, my glasses. And uh, it's been sort of more annoying than I expected because I got the new glasses, sort of had the eye test, waited a week to get the new glasses in in the in the store for me to go collect and then collected them. And then they're like way too tight, like they like pinch the sides of my face and like leave like a red mark on my nose. So now I've had to like get them refitted and then it's like still the same problem um even though they've been loosened they've not like been loosened enough so now i have to go back and try and sort it out again and it's like um i've I've never had that issue before i think i've just got like really lucky with the glasses i've had in terms of just them fitting like perfectly the first time but that's been annoying other than that everything's everything's going pretty well i'd say that i've been in a bit of a gaming slump to some extent i've played some stuff but it's been tough figuring out like what I want to play next before Elden Ring uh, comes out. So uh, I like made like a big list of like everything and then and then thought about it. But I think I'm going to play uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider next probably because I've heard it looks really great on the OLED and I've, I've played the previous two Tomb Raider reboot games and I quite liked them. So yeah, so just sort of planning around that in terms of the achievements, I think I'm going to try it on the hardest difficulty, which kind of has like this, like no checkpoint thing, but you save at campfires or something. So might be a huge mistake to go for that on a first playthrough, but we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm excited for that. Definitely. I don't remember it being too hard. I just remember taking it slow. So I, it is a fun game. I don't know how people put it in terms of like the whole series, if it's their favorite or if it's the weakest one, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I mean, I haven't even, you know, you, you told me about that stuff and I, I didn't even know. I didn't even know it got a next gen upgrade. Like, I, and I love the Tomb Raider games. They're kind of in like my favorite genre that we've talked about before. And, you know, that action adventure, like semi open world story driven games. Like I love that stuff. And like, it's really fun to adventure as Lara Croft and or Lara, Lara Croft. Um, but like it's it's fun to adventure as her and like dive underwater and, you know, get treasures and run around and, you know, get artifacts. And it's I just kind of love that. And Uncharted does that, too. And I don't know. It's, there's something satisfying about collectibles in a game that tie into the world. And it's not just like, oh, it's just here. You know, it's not Ubisoft. <laughs> it's, it's so much better to to do that. But yeah, I mean, for me, this is week four, day one of my workouts and today's leg day. So I have to do that tonight, but I've been doing pretty well. I have a, I got a freaking speeding ticket a couple of weeks ago and I have a court date tomorrow and that kind of sucks. Oh, so no. that's, that's, that's going to be some, <laughs> that's some money out of my pocket, which sucks, but it'll be okay. But yeah, I know what you mean when you talked about, you know, not knowing what to play next as you look forward to games. And it's, it's crazy because Sifu came out and I've been wanting to play that, 
but I'm I told myself like that's after Horizon, dude. Like give that some time and I'm not going to play Dying Light because it's, I've heard it's too much of a buggy mess. And so Horizon has been all I want to play and I just wanted to kind of, you know, I, I started Persona 5 Strikers and that game is good, but I just need I, I think I have that stress of like, oh, yeah, I have another game coming. And so I just have been kind of neglecting it. And I'm not in a gaming slump like per se, but I'm definitely in a place where I think about the games coming out and I'm like, I don't really want to do much. Like I've been watching a little bit of anime and then like playing my Vita and kind of having more ch- chill vibes. But yeah, I totally relate with what you're saying there. But uh, what have you been chasing? Have you been chasing anything? Yeah. So last time I talked about uh, playing Condemned and how much I enjoyed it and how I was sort of surprised by it and just sort of played it out of nowhere. So I played Condemned 2 uh, these past two weeks and I completed the game, but I didn't get all the achievements. The achievement list is super annoying. The achievement list for the first game is so good. It's like so basic and only adds up to 970, but it's still a better list than the second game. I think I've got, if I have a look. Yeah, in Condemned 2, so I completed the game on the hardest difficulty. I got gold medal on every mission. I then replayed the entire game in this other mode called FPS mode. Did that, got the achievements for that. And it's got me a 450 game score out of 1000, which is really annoying because I've basically done everything in the game. And I also got a few optional achievements as well, like every every single campaign-based optional achievement I, I got as well. So this game has a multiplayer mode that obviously is dead now and probably was dead about two weeks after launch because, you know, it's like a first-person survival horror melee game. Um, and then there's like these combat arena things as well. And I think you can get some achievements there and some achievements in multiplayer. But I was just kind of like, I don't want to do this. Like, I like this game. And then that's what I should say as well. So Condemned 2, people don't like it as much as the first game. The first game's backwards compatible. The second game isn't backwards compatible, which means I had to get out my Xbox 360 to play it, you know, connect it up log into my account which was a bit of a nightmare but it was fine did it in the end you know found a controller for it and all that and have a i have a physical copy of condemned 2 as well so it was you know it was it was a task to actually play this game compared to the first one and it's not been like obviously there's no enhancement you know if you're playing it on an original 360 and the game's performance isn't very good which is surprising like it's one of those games where when you move the camera around the frame rate dips which really sucks like when you like look up and down or look left and right the frame rate goes down and then as well there's a lot of like like the game looks a bit blurry and then also it's meant to be dark and then what's worse than like the darkness though is that they have a few levels where like when things start getting really crazy, they put a bunch of, I don't know if it's like post-processing effects, but they put a bunch of effects, like like t- too many effects overlaid on top of each other. Some that are subtle, some that aren't subtle. You know, like they'll, they'll give you like, I guess the, the simplest and most uh, annoying examples are like, they'll flash the whole screen with like blue light and then they'll flash it with like green light with like a scare cue noise and you know and the image already looks really really soft and blurry and then you've got like your flashlight and all that and so you've got like all these i don't know awkward visual problems and then also when it's trying to scare you it like throws a bunch of shit on the screen and you can't see anything like you genuinely can't see anything for a lot of the time there's like a part where you're in a fight in this like ring where it's this like all of the background is moving like swirling around you and some of it's on fire 
and then there's fire in front of you, like on the ground, like fire spawns on the ground in front of you. And then they're hitting you with all these like visual effects at the same time. And the game's probably like, I don't know, 600p or whatever. And then, <laughs> and then you've got like, so you've got like all of that going on. And then enemies spawn out of the fires and they literally like spawn in the fire. So you can't see them at first at all. Like they're obscured completely. And then they come out and they're these like murky, like shadow creatures that you can barely see. And they run really fast. And when they hit you, so you've got all this stuff going on and this stuff like constantly going on. Like it doesn't just go on for a second. It's like all the time. And then when the enemies hit you, they send your aim off, you know, like when you get like, you know, like in a first person game, when you get hit by something, you know, you, your character sort of recoils and like the camera freaks out a bit. And in this game, it's really aggressive. So like you, I, I had the biggest issue when I was playing the game in FPS mode, which is when you get a gun for the game because they'll hit you and then your aim just goes like swinging wildly, like <laughs> diagonally up and down over and over again. So like all of this is going on at the same time. And you get in here and I'm just like, I I just want to die. Like, I don't want to play this anymore. So um, the game's good, but it has problems like that where it just becomes like terrible, like really bad for like a few moments and then goes back to being normal and pretty good. But it's still enjoyable. Like all the levels feel distinct and different. It's something I appreciate about like, I, I love when like a linear game has like, sometimes just for simplicity, like very straightforward chapter structures you know like you have like 10 levels you have 10 levels in this game and 10 levels in condemned one and every level feels distinct and different and you're in a different environment like on one level you're on a junk barge and on another level you're in like a an office complex with like twisting corridors and then in another level you're i mean probably the best level is uh the doll factory level where you you know there's a bunch of creepy dolls being manufactured and that sort of thing. So the game does a really good job of like, there's one level where you're in a museum and the enemies start like putting on like medieval armor and like all the weapons change and stuff because it, you're in like, they change based on the environment you're in that's and stuff cool. like that's really cool. I really like that. And it changes up the pacing enough where it's interesting. Actually, the best level is probably uh, there's a level in a lodge that's really, really good. And it's got like really great pacing. It's got like a lot of different things going on and it's super memorable. I don't even want to talk about it, but it's it's really it's really great. So there's a lot of good. There's also a lot of bad and a lot of the bad as well to me feels like it's age based. Like like if if this game came out and was a higher resolution or it was, you know, upgraded or whatever, or if in the options menu, you could like turn down a lot of those effects, you know, nowadays, like you go to an options menu in a lot of modern games, what I like, you can like turn off motion blur, you can turn off film grain, you can turn off all this stuff, right? That, you know, the screen shake, stuff like that. Maybe like uh, when you sprint, maybe the, if there's a visual effect on there, you can turn it off. So I feel like a lot of those issues are just because it's quite old. It, you know, it's a game from 2008, but I enjoyed it, but nowhere near as much as the first game. And it was quite frustrating how uh so many of the achievements are based on this multiplayer mode and this like arena mode and it's like you don't want to play that you want to just play the the base game it's always disappointing when the distribution of achievements is like that because it's it's like no one's playing the game for those modes uh everyone's playing it for the campaign and it's quite sad as well because it's sad how this franchise kind of unceremoniously died I guess I'd have to read more into it, but you know, I, I looked up the reviews for Condemned and Condemned Two, and they're they're both above eighty on Metacritic. Presumably, they didn't cost that much money to produce. You know, who knows what they cost nowadays? And they seem to be, you know, critically successful and moderately successful commercially. 
So it's kind of a shame that, you know, it, it kind of came and went and, and died and, and there was nothing nothing else they could do because i think like a, a modern version of this it'd be it'd be cool to to see that uh, at the same time you know I, I don't want to see endless sequels for a franchise so so it's kind of nice in in the other sense of being able to just play two games you know uh, each game is about five or six hours to complete so it's kind of nice to just have that and be done with it and then have this memorable experience that you have so i'm of two minds about that kind of thing but uh, it feels like the series never got perhaps the recognition it deserved for how good it is but the second game is kind of worse than the first one i think the stuff with there's like detective parts of the game i talked about it uh, last week with the first game the detective aspects are a lot better in this game in terms of you when you investigate a crime scene and you actually have to deduce things and sometimes under uh, time pressure and things like that i think that's really really cool and it helps in terms of the story you know i always say it i say it probably too much but i always like when gameplay and story intersect and the gameplay helps complement the story and the story helps complement the gameplay and so you know to me that stood out as really cool because you having to do actual detective work as a player it immerses you more in the world than it immerses you more in the character you're supposed to be you're supposed to be a detective you know whereas in the first game and to an extent in the second game because the second game gets really really crazy it's like you don't really feel that much like a detective, especially in the first game to some extent, because you're just sort of a guy beating up hobos with like a pipe. Um, <laughs> so it feels a bit weird, right? So to have the detective work be more prominent and more involved in the second game, not only is it good for gameplay reasons, but it works for story reasons as well. So that, you know, that gets bonus points from me, of course. And then there's some stuff where I'd say kind of less good is... There's these conversations where the game basically checks if you're paying attention and you can reply to things that someone's saying to you over the phone and you're graded based on the quality of your replies. I I kind of like it and I kind of dislike it because it's a lot of... The good thing is I like that it makes you think about the options and think about what you're learning about and try to piece things together with the character. But I'd say... The problem with it is it means there's more exposition dumps in this game where you just get like told tons and tons and tons of information and it breaks up the flow of the game. You know, you just sort of sit around looking at your phone, basically learning tons of things and, and saying things back. And so that's, I don't know, in terms of a presentation and a pacing thing, it's kind of an issue. So it's kind of good, kind of bad. The detective stuff is an outright improvement. Things, I'd say, get kind of stupid in the game in terms of the story as well, which is unfortunate. They go like completely off the rails. They go pretty bananas that it's just like, I don't know if I can follow follow the game through all this. And it sort of loses its identity. Like I quite liked, in terms of the first game, it's a much more cohesive uh, package because you feel like everything fits together so much better and the tone is pretty consistent and it feels gritty and kind of more horrifying because it's more realistic. Whereas the second game goes like full conspiracy mode and just a bunch of crazy shit going on you know it, go, it goes like you know metal gear solid or whatever so it's kind of you know that that can work and it's good in some in some cases but it, it feels like a missed opportunity that they sort of didn't know what to do so they're just sort of making it get crazier and crazier it's it's always a problem with sequels of like how do you up the ante how do you make things how do you raise the stakes how do you compel people even more in this one and you know, eventually you can only push it so far before it breaks. And so I think the game kind of breaks in a sense. But I definitely enjoyed it. 
has its problems. The first game's better. I can see why the second game isn't as fondly remembered, but I think it's it's still a, a high quality game. Uh, and I'm really happy I played it, and I'm really happy I played the series. But that's basically all I've been playing for these past couple of weeks. I mean, that's pretty fun. That's so interesting, dude, because, you know, I don't know. I'm always thinking about games that I never completed and I want to go back to. And one of those games is Nino Kuni. And I know there's a remaster, but it bothers me that it would be such a low percentage. I think it's below 30%. And I've, I like beat the story. I saw the credits um, on PS3. And I want to go back and like do all the optional bosses that it wants me to do for the gold trophies that'll boost my percentage and all that stuff. But if I just start the game again with like the current upgrade and everything, then it's a whole new list. And that's like, you know, what we're, what we're going to talk about later. But it, it, it kind of does this thing where it's like, I got to go back to the old console to play it on the old system where the frame rate's going to be terrible. The draw distance is going to be terrible, but it's like, it's still a good game at at the end of the day. It's just, it's different. And that's just cool to hear you kind of talk about your Xbox 360 experience with, yeah, with Condemned. With, uh, with Condemned 2, it never, for some reason, it never got a PC port either. And Condemned 1 did. So it's uh, it's strange. It's really str- that game is stranded on PS3 and Xbox 360. That's like the only ways you can play it. And well, I mean, you know, that there might be some emulation ways to play it as well, presumably. But the the thing about the game as well, in terms of the achievement list, like you said about going back, for me, so I have had a copy of Condemned Two. I think I found it for like three pounds in like 2009 or 2010 or something. I feel like in the 360 and the PS3 games, game prices decreased really, really quickly, or at least there was a period of time where that happened. And nowadays it feels less common to me that game prices go go down quickly, at least physical games. It depends on the game, obviously, you know, Ubisoft games go on sale really quickly nintendo games never go on sale that kind of thing but in terms of this i had it for a really really long time and i had one achievement in condemned 2 for some reason i had condemned 2 and not condemned 1 and for some reason i played condemned 2 and i must have played it for like exactly 10 minutes or something i must have fought like one enemy and never touched it again because i have an achievement in the game and i don't know when it's from because it says i unlocked it offline on true achievements which means they don't know when i unlocked it but it must have been at some point in 2009 so it's it's cool to go back and like increase that completion percentage i mean it's unfortunate because i wasn't able to get the completion and i'm not interested in sort of going through that at this point going through like 10 hours of just playing just trying to set up like boosting sessions for multiplayer if the servers are even on or or going through the arena combat stuff but it was cool to go back in that sense as well of that I had one achievement, I had 10 game score, and now I've got it up to 450, which is nice, it feels satisfying to do that, like, if you can improve your percentage or your ratio without actually starting a new game, just from going back into something you've already played before, that always, um, it feels even better than, like, completing a new game sometimes, to be able to do that. It really does, and that's kind of where I was at with it, which is really cool, and, like, I'm okay with going back to games just like you said and like getting that little extra boost in your completion percentage but not really completing the game but you still give the like older games a shot and that's really really fun but in terms of what I've been chasing I've been chasing and I'm going to come back to this the old conversation soon but I I started playing 
Persona 5 Strikers a little bit more seriously. I maybe got another five or six hours into it, into the second dungeon. And I'm really liking the story and the characters and like it's progressing. And I'm starting to like I, the characters are going on a road trip and I'm I'm kind of excited like for this journey. So I can't wait to return to this game. But I kind of just picked up Stardew Valley and I had con- I talked about this a little last week, discovering something new and something old. But I have become obsessed I have played nothing but Stardew since I since last week, besides a little bit of Persona, and it's taking over like every waking moment that I can play. Cause like I don't know what it is about this game, but it's beautiful. And you know, you were talking about old games, but it's like it makes me just want to play more pixel art games because it's so pretty and relaxing and like just so nice. And I've started to talk to other people who are playing it. My roommates have started playing it. It's become like a big thing in my life and I'm totally late to this boat. I know that it came out in like 2016 or something a long time ago and I I started to get obsessed with the creator and I started reading about the development and I started like I started following him his blog and he's got a new game and I'm like totally obsessed right now just with this with this game and it's so hard to explain. I was like going to double dip. This is actually what happened. I I did not know the trophy lists were combined, so I started playing it on PS five and i had already been playing it on vita so i had a couple trophies that popped but then i noticed whenever i went to the trophy list on ps5 that like i had upgraded my house i had that trophy and i was like i haven't upgraded my house and i was like damn trophy list is all one list so i have two farms and they both contribute to the same list so it's a waste of time to do both but the thing is like i love the game so much and the farms are so different and my skills are so different on both playthroughs that I don't mind having two farms. I don't mind this. It's it's already a hundred hour platinum or like completion. And I'm like, I don't mind 200 hours because like I, I would double dip this game, which is what our, our conversation will be about later is like games that we would recomplete. And I would recomplete this in a heartbeat. Like I'm still not bored of it. And I'm probably like 50 hours in and I'm just, I'm just obsessed because you start out with nothing it's so humble and you work and you you start to learn the mechanics and how farming works and how many days it takes to grow each crop and then you know you start working on your fishing or your mining and the game isn't just like oh it's just a farming simulator no it's like you go into the mines and there's like creatures and there's combat and i'm like holy shit like this game isn't just just relaxing it's it's like oh you want to go adventure too so it's an adventure game and i'm like this is so cool and i'm i'm too so the game works in seasons so there's spring summer fall winter and they all have 28 days and then on the 28th day it goes to the next season and you don't want to plant crops near the end that will like grow into the next season because they will die immediately so you'll just waste seeds so you got to make sure that you like plant crops and if it's going to be done like on the last day you don't plant anything else and i i'll like think about every single day i'm thinking about the next thing that i want to do so i wake up and like i'll go and i'll check the tv and it has like a fortune channel and it's like hey you're the fortune gods are gonna shine on you today and it's like oh that means it's a good day for mining i could go mining and i'll find a lot more materials and maybe there will be more monsters for me to get because there's like a there's like an adventure guild that that has like challenges for you to do like kill a thousand of that enemy or you know 200 of that enemy and when you do that you get rewards but the, the thing is, like, I mentioned the season thing because it's in it goes in years. It, the game's endless, I'm pretty sure. So I'm on year two on both of my farms. But it's crazy how I'm still discovering new characters and new things about the games because about the game, even in year two, 
and like this far into the game because it's unlocking more and more it's like you can repair the community center and then go oh like you can take the bus that got you to stardew valley and you can take it back you know to the desert or like to these caves and it's like that is a whole new game like in itself that's opening up a new adventure and i'm on my second year it's like what will my third year have there's a new character that came in at right at year two he's like hey i've been away for a year you probably know my wife and it's like i don't know who your wife is but i'll get to know you too because all these characters in the town like i love them i think they're all great characters and they're really well written and it just blows my mind that one person one person made this game he did the programming he built the engine he built he did the character design he did the writing he did the music i'm like how how can you create so much by yourself and like i have become so obsessed and i'm like this is a gem it's become one of my favorite games ever ever because it it just does everything right you could tell like with with all the research i've done he says he just wanted to play a game specifically he was influenced by harvest moon he's like why has nobody made just another harvest moon and that's what he wanted to play so he made the game he wanted to play and i think other people jumped on and are like yeah the, we all want to play this because it's something that you want to play so desperately and it's not like it's so hard to explain because you know with s big big games there is such thing as like corporate greed you start to see the microtransactions you start to see like the game is not just created because it's a piece of art it's it's created because it wants the companies want to make money and you can just tell he want he didn't care about the money he expected to, the game to sell like 10 10,000 copies or so whatever like not very much and it you know in in the first week the game sold like or the first six months it sold like 12 million copies it's like whoa <laughs> the dude made something really really special and I'm I really am obsessed with this game and I can't wait to like play more today like i i don't i don't plan to play anything until horizon comes out because I, I have things to do in this game i could go you know i could go fishing i could m learn more about the townspeople which is great because when you give them gifts you know their story progresses like each character i'm learning more about and like i know them by name and it's it's just so well done and i'm very surprised but the pixel art is so good and you can you know make your own characters and then it's also co-op which you know, it's so funny. You were talking about your Xbox 360 game and I'm playing it on Vita and that's a, not a great choice because it's not as updated as the current version. So the like on on Switch and on PS5, there's like horses in the game and there's there's like different kinds of quests you can do. And there's much more things like that, because I think I think the version that is called is like 1.5. And on Vita, I think it's 1.3. So it just doesn't have the most up-to-date version. But it's still, it even on Vita, it's so good. It it does have, it does chug sometimes where like I'll load into the next area and then I'll freeze for a second and then I'll go and I'm like, I can't tell if it's my Vita, like if it's the actual hardware of the Vita doing that or if it's my Vita because my Vita has been dropped. It's been beat up. It's very, it's got a lot of character. Let's just say that it's not cracked or anything, but it's an OLED Vita and I want a new one. I really want a new one, but I'm not going to waste the money whenever this one works. But yeah, man, like I, that's what I've been I've been playing. And that's where this idea for the recompletion came through, because I was like, I love this game so much on Vita. I will do it again. Like I will do 100 hours more of this because I love it so much. And I put I put it on PS5 and I was like, what other games would I recomplete if I could? And that'll kind of roll us into the topic on the table and it's really 
um, topical because Uncharted Legacy Collection came out not too long ago, and a lot of people are returning to those and you know replatinuming yeah. and and hunting the trophies, which is really fucking cool. And I've always been like this person who's like, oh yeah, I've I've completed every Uncharted game, and I haven't with it with this new collection, but I will. I probably will at some point. Like I'll whenever I'm feeling Uncharted or I have downtime, I'm gonna go right back into Uncharted. There's no time that I don't like hunting Uncharted because those games are like really fun. They'll be like, hey, get 20 kills with the AK-47 or 50 kills with a pistol or whatever. And it's like, it makes you use different guns and like, it's just really fun to to play and, and enjoy those stories over and over again because it's so cinematic. But again, this idea just exploded and I started to look into my games. Yeah, I mean, though, it's, in, it, it's interesting you say that because already I can tell like, we have different angles going into this because none of the games i have are like are all cinematic and, and stuff like uncharted would be would be bad for me because i just find you know the areas where you're just like watching stuff or just like walking and talking like stuff like i, I tend to prefer when it's like all gameplay all the time in terms of re-completing games just because it's like it, it's like it, it doesn't make a difference if you already know the story if that makes sense right but that's the same thing with re-watching movies it's like you've already seen the movie yeah. But you're rewatching it because you just enjoy that story. And I think that, that that's what's going to be so fun about this. And I hope to hear from the audience that like what games they would recomplete. Because I think this is going to be so drastically different for everyone. Because you can you can take the, the angle on this so many different ways. You like we've already recompleted several games and like we're totally free to talk about them. I've I've recompleted control twice, you know? Like I've recompleted a lot of the Uncharted games. And it's I, I want to one of the games on my list, which is the number one and will be confirmed is Witcher 3. And I like, I know that the game has two trophy lists. So it has like the complete edition that's separate from the original like trophy list. And I have the original. So I bought the game and then on, on PC actually, and I played it on PC and then I was like, wow, I love that game. I'm going to platinum it on PS4. (laughs) So I, I bought it on PS4 and then I did platinum it there. And then as the DLC was released, I played the DLCs on PS4 to get the trophies. And then over time, like it got the game of the year, it got the, you know, all the the complete edition, and now the complete edition has trophy list. And I think when the next gen patch comes, it's going to be a patch that's added to that game specifically, the new or the complete edition, the newer edition, not the base edition. So I'll have to go back to that. But the whole idea is like it's going to be people's favorite games that they like to recomplete, or it's going to be things that, like you where it's the most fun. And it's it's just going to be kind of fun to see where everyone lands on these recompletions. Yeah, definitely. When you um when you were talking about Stardew and having that as as one of them, it's actually a game that narrowly missed being on my list. Um, was Forager, which is like it's sort of like a it's a combination between like a farming like persistent like farming game and also a like clicker game in that like you know numbers go up you know, type thing, um, you know, like you, you farm and fish slowly and then you get more efficient and then that lets you farm and fish more quickly and then you industrialize and that sort of thing. And you keep progressing that way and, and you get more things to make you more efficient at that, but there's no real structure or like other people to talk to or anything like that. There's no, um, that, that, that's sort of the whole game, but it's just really addictive and really like pleasant to play. Like you can put a podcast on, you can listen to music. It's really great. The thing that stopped me from it is that it gets kind of grindy in the end game. And there's a part where there's like a couple, there's like three achievements that are just really annoying that are just like awkward and like, 
you have to get like a right time or you have to get like a right amount of space and you have to do some building and the building is a bit frustrating if you're not that into sort of construction stuff in these kinds of games so that was like very nearly on the list for me despite it being like a a 30 40 hour game yeah and it's so interesting that you say that because stardew valley is that same way you know that incremental explosion of like just more and more and more and more it's like every day you know i was talking about how you start off with crops and you start learning about the crops but then you can expand it's like you start saving up the money and then boom you have a farm or a coop and you're raising animals and then those animals are producing more and more money and like it it feels like you're constantly doing things like i'm never done i'm never done those types of games are so addicting because it's like you always have a goal and the goal never feels very far away and you're like i just need to do like I need to do like 10 more minutes of gameplay to get this thing and then that thing lets me get another thing that is on like the same path or on like a different path or whatever and uh and it just keeps you coming back like again and again and again yeah and it's so funny i've, I've been trying this is something i've been tussling with lately is like I'm, I'm like am i addicted to this game or is it just so good that i just don't want to stop playing and i'm i think i don't know it's so hard to tell it's so good but yesterday i posted a picture on my snapchat story of a screen where i had totally lost track of time in the game and i was chopping down trees and at 2 a.m in the game you pass out and i had passed out and i was like god damn it because you you lose money when you pass out and then you can you also have a chance to lose um items in your inventory and i had some good stuff in my inventory but especially since i had spent so much time chopping wood i'm like god damn i don't want to lose that wood but um i passed out and then it got i got a like someone from the town or someone around will like return you to your home and be like, Oh, I found you. And you know, I, I brought you home and, but there's like this corporation that's in this small town. They're kind of like the evil people, but they found me and they're like, yeah, we build you a thousand gold. And I'm like, Oh fuck dude. They, they took so much of my money. Like, and I put that, that little message on my, on my story. And so many people were messaging me like, damn Joja. And, they're like, what game is this? It looks that's such a funny message, and it's just like so endearing. It's so endearing, and I definitely highly recommend you play it, dude. I think you'll like it. But yeah, I I started looking into more pixel art games and stuff like that. But yeah, this got me on like the idea of like games that I definitely will replay. And I have a friend. I I, I just kind of want to throw another game out there, but I have a friend who's playing Thirteen Sentinels, and this is a game that isn't even like the trophy list is like complete the game and then complete all the missions. That there's like nothing more to it. It doesn't have it doesn't have a difficulty setting that's like, oh, play it on the hardest. You can put it on the easiest and complete all the missions. Doesn't matter. It literally is one of the easiest games to complete. But the thing is, like, the story and the characters and how it's done is one of the most unique things in video games that I've got to play as a story. And so it's it's very like a point and click adventure, but the art style is extremely unique. The story is through 13 characters so you constantly like it'll be it'll be like a little comic book strip it'll be like oh yeah here's a 10 minute section and then it'll say to be continued and then you go back and you choose different characters but it'll lock out the other characters so that like you don't go past the story where they interact or like something spoils what's happening in a different person's story so like i said this game is just big big on story and I would replay that game and recomplete it in a heartbeat just because I love to replay it. And that's a game, you know, specifically for me. Like, if you don't play games 
like if you play games so much for gameplay and, and not story, then that game would never be on your list. But that personally well, me, is one for me. I should say for me, I definitely do play games for story. It's just I'd never replay a game for story, I don't think. Or at least with a rare exception, I suppose. Because I feel like... And I, I don't watch films that often... Rewatch films that often. So I appreciate that counter-argument in, in a sense. Although I think, you know, in terms of like a broader discussion, what I want out of video games isn't the same thing that I want out of films, if that makes sense. Like I... I, I I go in to watch a film expecting a certain type of experience and I go in to play a game to expect a different kind of experience that isn't, you know, that they're, they're not like interchangeable to me as as a, as a as a medium just generally. But for me, it's like it's tough just because I've talked about maybe briefly that I think a lot of video game stories aren't very good, even story focused video games a lot of the time. So maybe that's a factor as well, because I feel like I enjoyed there's some games where I do really enjoy replaying them. I did I did enjoy replaying Uncharted 2 and I really enjoyed replaying stuff like The Wolf Among Us as well and like Tales from the Borderlands and things like that and The Walking Dead season one. So I think if the story is like where I'm like I'm I'm super into this, I think I'll I'll replay stuff. Um but I wanted to say as well, in terms of my list I kind of made a rule to make it more interesting for my own list, which the first part of it is only real games are allowed. And by that, I mean, you know, it's kind of derogatory, but I mean, you know, like the the shovel where you can play this game in 15 minutes and get a thousand game score and a platinum. Like I'm not <laughs> I'm not counting those games, basically. Like, I'm not saying like, oh, if I could buy one of these games and I could recomplete it 50 times, like that, that doesn't count. And then also sort of like contained within that as a subcategory it's not it's not really a rule but it's like a a challenge for myself is that i i don't want to consider games where sort of like the walking dead where it's like you just play it and then you get all the achievements and then that's it because i feel like in the spirit of the way i'm taking the question it's like something where i actively really want to play the game because i've uh i think i complained about it before but i've recompleted the walking dead game like three times maybe four times a lot of times there's a lot of different editions of that game that i've recompleted and when you get to like the third time you are not playing that game at least at least i'm not playing that game in in any definition of of playing the game that i feel comfortable with and by that i mean i'm literally like watching a tv show and i'm just pressing the a button over and over again to go through the dialogue and then holding forward on the analog stick while barely looking at the screen and you know what i mean like i'm not i'm not actually really engaging with the material i'm not listening to the dialogue i'm not i'm barely looking at the screen i'm barely doing anything so so to me i'm like okay i'm not going to count either of those two types of games because to me that's not really it's sort of like a bit of a cheat answer if that makes sense like it's kind of it's kind of skirting around the question and not actually a game that you want to replay actively, just a game that you want to get free gamer score or trophies out of and and sort of that you have good memories of the game, maybe like with The Walking Dead for me, for example, uh, you know, have good memories and it sort of makes you feel warm and fuzzy a little, but you're not really paying attention and not really actively engaging with the material by the time it's your third playthrough or whatever. So, so that's my own like take on... I guess, um, how I have approached the question in terms of my choices. Yeah. Yeah. And in terms of my approach, I just kind of left out games that I already have recompleted. Cause if I could recomplete them again, then that would just be like padding my, my completion so hard. And so I was like, yeah, but I, I did allow myself to recom like put games in there that I haven't 
recompleted that are that are available too so like uncharted is an example of like something that i have recompleted but witcher is something that i have not and it's available for me too so both games are available but i i did that because i wouldn't i was like "Mm, i'm not gonna repad that but that's kind of how i set up my list but i'd love to hear some of your games dude yeah let's go so first two games are games that i have recompleted and i think that's kind of good a good place to start for me because it's like would i recomplete them again like another time maybe um but in terms of the justification of like oh is this a game you know do i am i really serious that i'd recomplete well obviously i'm i'm serious because i've already done it so you know like like there's no it's unquestionably a game that i would recomplete due to the fact that i've already done it so uh the first two are the evil within and hitman blood money and Again, so the theme of the list is they're all pretty gameplay-focused games. Hitman probably more so than The Evil Within, although The Evil Within is is still minimal. Um, you know, you can skip all the cutscenes and that kind of thing. Uh, the Evil Within, I really like that game. I really like The Evil Within too. I was actually doing a, you know, one of those tier list things. I was doing a tier list of um, different game studios and like Xbox game studios and PlayStation studios and all that kind of thing. And I noticed that Tango Gameworks for me they sort of ended up quite high up because, uh, and this is kind of a flaw in the system of, of tier lists, which you know, don't mean anything, you know, it's all subjective. But in terms of the fact that they've only released two games, and I think both of the games that they have released are great, so therefore I kind of have to put them high up on a tier list. Even if I don't think the actual, like, studio is, like, S tier, like, or, or whatever, I kind of have to put them in A tier because it's like, They've done two games and both games are amazing. Whereas, you know, you look at a studio like like Rare, for example, where they've released, I don't know, 50 games and maybe 10 of them are, maybe, I don't know, maybe five of them are amazing and maybe 10 of them are good and then the rest are kind of mediocre or bad. So, so you know, you kind of have to look at it that way. And that, that was something where I'm like, you know, because Ghostwire Tokyo is coming out soon for PS5 and, and should come to Xbox uh, next year. And I'm like, oh yeah, Tango Gameworks, they're like a great team. I like everything they've done. Um, I don't like super love everything they've done in terms of The Evil Within. I think The Evil Within 1's better than 2, although I think they're both good for different reasons. So those games are ones where I'm like, yeah, I'd, I'd replay them. And I, I replayed the first Evil Within and... You know, it's one as well where, again, you sort of have to put your money where your mouth is in another way because that completion is a really difficult completion. So to say, like, this game's good enough for me to go back to, that's like a real testament because of how difficult Akumu mode is. Yeah. I I totally agree with you. Like, I love Evil Within. We've talked about it on, like, our proudest completions. That that game is very hard to recomplete, but... It is so good. Like you said, it is such a good game. Yeah, Super it's, underrated. Um, it's definitely really... Yeah, it went under the radar, and it came at a time where Resident Evil... Like, it came at a perfect time, because Resident Evil was in a really bad space when the Evil Thing came out, or around the time the Evil Thing came out. They were still, like, coming off of, like, RE6 at that time, where it was, like, pretty uncertain. I'm not sure if Resident Evil 7 had launched by then, I don't think so, but maybe. But it was around the time where the future of Resident Evil was uncertain, and it was like, oh, are they going to go first person? Are they going to go third person? Are they, you know, or or if it was, you know, before RE7 came out, obviously, RE6, you know, wasn't very good. So, it was really great for that. Like, they found, like, a perfect gap in the market with Evil Within and Evil Within 2, because it was, like, still sort of action-y third-person survival horror, but way less action-y than Resident Evil 6, and it hadn't gone to first-person, 
which the franchise would later do. So it came out in this really good like window for it to sort of fill a gap. And it was perfect for that. It was really, really good. So I'd replay that. I might replay it again on the PC port. I don't know. But um, I did it once. Hitman Blood Money, my second one. I've done the 360 version and I did the Xbox One uh, HD re-release. I, I love that game. That game's my favorite Hitman game. The levels are so iconic. The achievement list is fairly straightforward. You basically have to, I think, suit only Silent Assassin every mission, and that's the hardest thing you have to do. So you just sort of perfect the missions. And then when you've done it once, it's quite easy to do it again as well. But it's also a game with a lot of flexibility, and you can sort of mess around. And you also feel... It's a game where you benefit from replaying Hitman Blood Money because you feel like an absolute badass when you know what you're doing in those games. Like, the first time through a Hitman level, you're kind of stumbling your way through, and it sort of becomes even more fun the more you replay it, because when you, like, know exactly what you're doing to get, like, the perfect route, you going and executing it, like, the execution becomes the challenge, and then you going and doing that, it feels so cool, and you sort of... When I was playing that the second time, after I'd already sort of completed it and understood what i was doing it was cool i wanted to like show people like oh you know first you know i throw this coin into the skylight and that causes this to happen and you know the woman in the pool gets cut up or whatever like you you sort of you know oh and i've put the gasoline on the barbecue and all that like you you've got like all these things planned out and it's cool to like show people it like this like rube goldberg machine sort of going off in motion when you know exactly how everything's going to play out and all the different variables and at what time so that game is a really great one to recomplete and one that I was happy to and would probably do again. So those are the ones, those are my two games that I've already recompleted that, you know, made it onto this list. So I don't know if you want to do a couple. I mean, you've already done Stardew Valley, uh, The Witcher 3. And um, 13 Sentinels. Yes. That's right. Yeah, so. I'll throw another one in there because I only have about three left. I mean, it's quite a list, but it was also weird because it was like, man, there's just so many games that I would recomplete. But it's it's hard because the lists are kind of awful. Like there's sometimes where games are just they just miss opportunities. They make you do shit that I'm like, I don't want to redo that. <laughs> like, I don't I would not want to redo that. And like, I love Sleeping Dogs and it has a lot of collectibles and I a actually did recomplete it. But I actually want to mention specifically Resident Evil 7 because I would re recomplete Resident Evil 7 base. I would not complete recomplete the DLCs. I think that. There's some good DLC, but there's specifically one where you're like running around and you're getting stuff for Jack to eat. And I hated those trophies. Like I actually thought it was just like boring and filler. And I was like, man, I don't know why I'm doing this. And I wouldn't want to do that again. But I just love Resident Evil 7 so much that I would definitely recomplete the game. I was actually, that platinum again. it's a great pick because I don't know if it's true on PS4. But on Xbox, there's two separate lists for Resident Evil 7. One is like the European and American version. And then there's the like, there's like a biohazard version, which only released in Japan. So it's not, I don't think it's region locked in terms of the disc, as far as I know. Like, I think you can get the game. You can definitely obviously get a code and change your console region and that sort of thing. There's like 
there's ways to get it basically and you can get a sec- a second list you can stack the list and you can play it in english as well on the on, in the japanese version but yeah the way to get a second list in resident evil 7 is to do that and i was actually considering doing it before resident evil 8 came out because i also love resident evil 7 i was like am i gonna do this but it seemed like too much work because it was like you've either got to like try and import a game from japan and hope it works in terms of the region lock and then you've got or, or you can get like a prepaid card and buy it digitally, but then you've got to change your console region. And also, in terms of terms of service, like you are breaking terms of service if you get a digital. If you say you're in a different country than the country you're in, and use that to get to buy games. Usually, in terms of Xbox, they they are fine if you change your region to break, like to to get access to a game early. For example, if you change your console to new zealand to play a game sort of 12 hours early they're usually cool with that as long as you bought the game in the region that you're in however they will like ban you as far as i know if you buy games from a different region and then swap your region back to like your actual region and then play them because what you can do is exploit regional pricing like you can basically go to like a I don't know, like pretend you're in like a, just some random Australia. Australia is a really high price. Games are really high price there. And then yeah. in like America, if they were taking games from here, it would be cheaper to yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. Than, right. Yeah. Than, you can, like, you and then can... running back. Yeah. 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 There's some, um, there's some like lesser developed countries, I think where you can get ridiculously cheap prices as far as I know. But yeah, if you do that, they will find out probably, and they will ban you. So like, I was like, at the end i was like i kind of want to do it but like am i gonna am i gonna go this far for my love for resident evil and risk it because i was like it'd be so stupid if i got banned for it as well because i've bought the game like i bought the gold edition of the game in the uk as well like i just want to stack the list like it's not anything nefarious i'm not looking to scam capcom or scam microsoft like i just want to buy another copy of the like a second copy of the game right like i'm not i'm not trying to get one over on anyone i just want a second achievement list but i'm like no it's it's not it's not worth the risk for me to do that but it's something that i'm like i if if i had the opportunity and it was i was like a hundred percent not worried about any possible repercussions and people have done it like pretty a, a bunch of people have have done this as well so i think you'd probably not get in trouble but there's a chance that there's like a tiny chance that you would so it's like i wouldn't recommend anyone does it but it's unfortunate because i wish you could just complete it again yeah that's that's that is a big risk man because you you have so many completions you would never want to be banned that would be awful yeah and it's 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 stupid as well because it'd be so frustrating right because other people that do this are like trying to basically get like massive you know discounts and break terms of service and all that but like for me or anyone trying to do this, it's like you you want to give Capcom even more money, and you want to give Xbox even more money. You don't want to you're you're not trying to to fuck them over, right? Like right. You you want to buy another copy. You already own the game, and if you in your region try and play the game, like like I can't rebuy the game again, right? Like I already own the game on on Xbox, so like right. it, it's it's like the only way to give them even more money, and it, it would still but it would still technically be not necessarily above board i'm not really sure to be honest as well there's there's a lot of like it's sort of in like a gray area which makes it like even more i don't know monka s where it's like there might technically be no issues with this or there might be a ton of issues and it might be you know the end so don't do it is my recommendation unless 
I assume if you get a physical copy, that's totally fine though. Like if you if you get a physical copy imported, then and it works in terms of the region, then or or you'll have to get like a you'll have to get like a an Xbox One somehow from Japan, which would be really difficult. But yeah, it's a shame because I I would also want to recomplete that game. A game I would recomplete, and I did it recently. So I would actually give it some space before I redid it. It would be Deathloop. I think that the list made the game better. Uh, that's that's like where I stand with it. I think that if you play this game without tr- hunting it, it it just is probably bland because you're over, you're going to be overpowered. You're going to use the same weapons and you're going to use the same powers over and over again. You're never going to experiment. You're never going to like try to do what the what the game tells you to do like kill the two bosses simultaneously using this power you know make sure you like levitate and you do this and like you kill this boss within this amount of time and it's like get in kill all the bosses don't be seen never be seen it's it's got like so many cool like alternate ways to play the game like more stealth more loud like more unique and so i was constantly changing I, there is one power I didn't like to use and I didn't use it very much. There's like a levitate power where you can like make enemies like float and then you can just shoot them while they're in the air. That was not really that fun to use. I never used it that much, but that's about the only one. But the rest of it was like so fun and so cool and so creative. And I love when when games create a list that make the game feel better because I know for sure I would have used the same two powers over and over the whole game because they are they feel good and they're very powerful so it's like once you feel that it's like oh yeah so this is the most deadly combo i'm not going to change that and it was really fun to change and try to you know like if i didn't there were there's a power for going invisible and it's 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 got like an energy bar that drains but when you stop if you get like the upgrades if you stop moving then it stops draining so you can like stop and then you could be right next to someone and they'll walk around you and it'll be like, you're just invisible. It's, it's so good. And I'm like, I would have never played like this. <laughs> I would have never played like that if, if it wasn't for that. So I, I think that just adding the death loop list to, to my replay, like I would recomplete because it's fun. It's fun to play it that way. Like I left it on my console because I think that the game feels, feels good and it's fun to read, just like go through and just fucking murder everyone but yeah, that's a game I for sure would recomplete. Yeah. What what would you prefer next? An easy game or, or a hard game in terms of from, from my list? Because I've got, f- I've got four remaining. And I just realized two of them are easy and two of them are, are hard. Ooh, um, let's go easy. Because you are... You, I can imagine your hard wins are going to be rough. Okay, <laughs> so uh, I'd go for... I'll do both the easy ones here. Uh, SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom. Perhaps an unexpected pick. I think this is a great... I think it's a really underrated platformer and I am, I don't know. I mean, I played this game on the PS2 when I was a child, so that obviously has influenced my opinion somewhat, but they made a remaster of this game. Uh, I think THQ Nordic put it out and I really enjoyed it the second time. The achievement list is really easy. It's just like a really pleasant, like you play the game, you do everything in the game and you get the full completion. And I found it as fun, if not more fun, than I remembered, which is surprising because usually these types of games don't hold up. But the variety of the levels, the how refined, the surprisingly refined the gameplay is, the abilities and just going through like iconic areas of Bikini Bottom and SpongeBob and some of the dialogues are pretty funny. It's not like amazing, but it's 
it's pretty good. It's pretty charming. It stays true to that era of the show, which was like when the game came out, kind of the golden era of SpongeBob. So it's like it has everything going for it. And it's a really short completion. I think it took maybe 10 hours. And I love platformers. So any opportunity to do that again. And I'd absolutely do it again because it wouldn't take a huge chunk out of my out of my time. And it's so satisfying, so much fun. It doesn't require you to be pixel perfect. You know, something that I consider. So I'm considering the achievement list. And I'm also considering partially the amount of difficulty in the sense of when you go back to a lot of games that are, are difficult, you've lost all of that muscle memory you brought, you, you built up and that skill. And so there's kind of like an onboarding, I don't know, period of time where you have to like get your skills like back up to a, a good level before you can even like go about completing the game, essentially. And SpongeBob like doesn't have that problem because it's super simple, super straightforward. So there's other games on my list that do have that issue, like, you know, like The Evil Within, for example, where you do have to get really good at the game again. But that game's, like, worth it above and beyond, and so are a few of my other games. The other easy game, and I don't know if it would be easy, I think it, I think it would still be easy, is Apex Legends. And I say that because Apex Legends has... I kind of wish they kept adding achievements to that game. It, it's kind of messed up right because most live service games they add achievements in updates you know overwatch adds achievements sea of thieves um i don't know any live service game you can think of almost any except for like call of duty and things like that at least modern call of duty games the last couple they don't add achievements um those call of duty games but a lot of other live service games do keep adding achievements to to themselves and usually i hate that gears of war does it and halo does it and it can be quite annoying because you get a completion and then it's taken away from you but with apex i wish they did uh because i've played it enough to complete it like probably five times over uh i don't play it that much anymore but i definitely used to play it all the time and the achievement list is pretty easy there's not many achievements i think a lot of them are like worth like 100 points and it's like you have to like i think you have to win a game with each different type of hero not every hero but each different type like um like a defensive or like a, an offensive or a, a support um and you have to win a game with each of those you have to get like your player level up to a certain point that doesn't take very long I think it's like level 50 or something, and, and my character's probably like level 170 or something by now. So it's not a very difficult list. You don't have to be that good at the game to get the completion as well. It would be harder now to recomplete it because the longer a, a multiplayer game is out, the player base, you know, the meta evolves, the player base gets better. The people who tend to stick around at this point are better at the game as well. Like a lot of the people that stick around tend to be people who played it since launch. So if you just got into it now, you'd like get obliterated. But in terms of the list itself, it's really easy. And the game, like the amount of time the game took out of me, I was done with the completion before I was even like a quarter of the way finished with playing the game. So that's an easy and a rare multiplayer pick that I'd put in there. I love that you did that because you already know there's not going to be a single game here with any multiplayer achievements for me. Like I, if it had one, I would not want to recomplete it. Like that, that's where that's where I drew the line. I was like, yeah, no, <laughs> not doing that. And it's so funny that you mentioned both. You're like, I wish the game would continue to add achievements. And then you were like, but I hate when some games do it for me. I, I, I hate it no matter if it's single player or multiplayer. I don't like 
I don't like additional trophies. I want the base completion. And then, you know, if you make DLC or whatever, I don't I don't care to add more. I don't care to add more trophies. Just let me just I, I finished the game and completed it. I want to come back and I'll play the DLC. I'll buy your DLC, but just stop with the trophies <laughs> adding after. But that's just that's just my view. Uh, that might piss off a lot of hunters out there, but maybe they love them. But who knows? But another I so I think I have two more and one of them is related to a game that's about to release which is horizon zero dawn i didn't choose this game because because of the upcoming release i chose it because this game is beautiful even today even like i think it got a next gen upgrade patch and it's so beautiful the game is freaking gorgeous and you could just i i could just go around and collect stuff and fight robot dinosaurs and i will have the time of my life again like that game is just so much fun and like the outfits are really cool the story is really good the game is just like a solid nine and it doesn't ever waver it just kind of stays there the whole time and there's like (laughs) there's the creepy Aloy child at the beginning and like everyone compares her to Chucky and like things like that and that's that's definitely a dip but (laughs) but like I, I still think that that game is so much fun and the completion is not that like atrocious. It just makes you kind of do everything. And and I love games like that. It's it's very and, you know, there's an argument that's kind of happening that like Sony games, Sony first party games are becoming a little bit too easy to complete. They they kind of just make you get everything and then that's the the platinum. It's not very hard. And sometimes I don't mind that. I, I mean, I, I generally do prefer easier games and easier platinums, but it won't stop me from playing a game if the platinum is super hard. It's only if it's like, oh, it's it's really hard and it's going to take you, you know, 200 hours. It's like, oh, damn, maybe I don't want to try to play a game that's that hard for that long. And so I I think that it could be fun if they added like harder. Like I like that The Last of Us makes you beat it on, you know, survivor difficulty. That's hard. That's it's fun and you can unlock new game plus and you can make it easier. But it's it makes the game like a challenge. And, and I like that. But Horizon Zero Dawn is something that I could just return to over and over because I think I beat it. It's funny. I mentioned this in the discord, but I beat it two times and I thought about replaying it for a third time. And everyone was like, what the fuck are you thinking? And I'm like, it's a good game. And it came out, you know, 2017. So four years ago, you know, five years ago, almost. It's it's like I played it. This will be my third time in five years. I'm not even playing it one time per year. It's, you know, it, it's just, it's a good game that can be replayed. And so I, I would definitely replatinum that or recomplete it. Yeah, for me, I don't think there's any, it's interesting how our lists are so different because... I don't think, well, I guess one of these counts as kind of an open world game, but I wouldn't put an open world game on my list either. So like you wouldn't put a multiplayer game on, you know, and and all that stuff. So we've got like kind of opposite angles from this. I've got two, well, three more games on here. So I just thought of this now, actually, Cuphead. I'd probably recomplete Cuphead. Maybe. I don't know. That's a good one. It has a few zero gamer score achievements. And that's just, like, really annoying. I got them all, but, like, they're not easy achievements e- either. So it's kind of like, would I would I recomplete? Would I even get them? Mm, maybe maybe that would be pushing it. But, yeah, I love Cuphead. I can't wait for the DLC. Uh, I really enjoyed the completion. It's it's a very difficult completion. It's it's not... I don't know. People, people maybe overrate the difficulty of Cuphead slightly, in my opinion. But 
which is also the same for another game which I would consider recompleting, which is Dark Souls. And perhaps I've put Dark Souls slash Sekiro, because I think Dark Souls 2 has the easiest list, in my opinion, but it's like the worst game in the series. So Dark Souls 3 has the worst list. It's, I haven't completed Dark Souls 3, it, it, the list kind of sucks. It just takes ages to get all of the, um, you have to get like covenant items and stuff and it sucks. So, but I, I really like Dark Souls 3 as a game overall, I think it's fantastic. So for me, I, I think it would be Dark Souls 1 or Sekiro would be the ones that I'd recomplete. Sekiro, the list is easier, but the game is maybe less interesting to replay to me. Uh, I think Sekiro is fantastic. I don't know if it's better or worse than Dark Souls, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm saying that for me in terms of replaying it i think the game itself is less interesting to replay beyond like getting all the endings and that kind of thing that that stuff's awesome but just for going for the achievements a second time dark souls however has a harder list and the dark souls remastered list i think is slightly different to the original dark souls list so i've got i don't have the completion in the original dark souls but I have the completion in Dark Souls Remastered, and it's actually got me considering, like, would I go back and, like, maybe this week, maybe I'll I'll, I'll make a, a total curveball and go back to the Dark Souls on the 360 and finish off the list. I think I've got, like, 860 out of 1,000 or something. I probably won't at this stage just because it's so close to Elden Ring, and I think it would require three playthroughs to get the completion. But in terms of, like, I could easily see myself one day going back to Dark Souls and doing it all over again. And I've kind of had that itch to replay that game because it's so iconic. And at this point, it's like a an integral part of gaming history, I'd say. And I do really like the game and I have the game pretty much memorized, like permanently. Uh, I, I'd have to think about my route slightly and like what weapon I want to use, whether I want to spec into like dex or strength, but all quality but generally i know what i'm doing i know where all the the weapons are that i want i know the sort of general route to take i know how to fight all the bosses all of that kind of thing so a lot of that's built in and similar to cuphead i feel like actually actually i think i think dark souls is easier than cuphead in terms of like once you've once you've got dark souls nailed down you've pretty much got it forever like like you don't really lose it at least in my experience like when I when I you know quote unquote you know get good you know got good at Dark Souls one I didn't find Dark Souls two very difficult and then I didn't find Dark Souls three very difficult and w with exception for a couple of fights you know in in every game there's there's definitely at least one fight that pushes you to the limits but in terms of the game as a whole you never really lose that ability you know you'll get challenged by like Dark Lurker or like the Nameless King or like the Orphan of Cause and you know, or Ludwig and the Holy Blade and all that stuff. Like, there's specific boss fights in each game that, you know, give me nightmares and were really hard, even with the experience I'd built up from playing previous games in the series. But generally, you sort of retain a lot of that skill and a lot of the fundamentals that are core to those games. So it wouldn't be that much of a chore, despite it requiring quite a lot of playthroughs. So for me, I think, I think one day I probably will go back to Dark Souls 1 and get all the achievements again. And then, yeah, do you, do you have any others on your list? Because I've got one more at this point. I have also one more. It's my last one. Okay, so yeah. you go. You go now. Okay, so my last one is something that was extremely charming to me. It's something that I love the soundtrack on, and I can relax and play it again. And that would be Bastion 
by Supergiant. The game is just so charming. The narrative, the narrator voice, and just everything about that game, really fun. Like, I would do it again, but I, it's it's hard because, you know, I might be able to say that, like, Hades is, is a better game from them than Bastion, but the completion is not as fun from what I've heard. So I would... I would play Bastion again. I felt I didn't even go for the completion on Hades, but I did. I did complete it. And then I was like, yeah, I'm I'm burnt out. I'm not even going to I don't even feel like an urge to go back and play that. It's it's got too much of an end game where like you have to get all or you have to like talk. You have to give all of the gods like the nectar and, you know, max them out. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you it, really have to commit to Hades and yeah. pretty much any rogue roguelike. You have to like you have to to complete a roguelike to begin with let alone recomplete them you yes. have to really like that game i th- i think in my like and i've i've completed like enter the gungeon slay the spire and hades itself and all of these games and i'm sure you can attest with returnal like you you have to really like that core gameplay to even do it once let alone twice because a lot of the time it's like it's like minimum like 40 hours maximum like 200 hours yes exactly and i looked at returnal and then i was like man I remember those fucking randomly generated like collectibles and I'm like, yo, never, never would I want to recomplete it again. I I love to go back and play it. I left it on my console because it's something that I can jump in and into and do a couple runs and like constantly play that game. It's really fun, but never would I want to recomplete it. Like just the list is not very good. And that I think that's what I was saying with a lot of these recompletions is like there's they miss. There's opportunities that are missed because of bad lists. And so that definitely factored into the games that I picked. But yeah, Bastion is my last one. Yeah, I've got to go back to Bastion. I played it way back, like Xbox 360 days, you know, Summer of Arcade. It was originally a game for that. And then they did a remaster for Xbox One and PS4. And I own both versions and I never finished it. I like both times I like got a decent chunk through and then something happened and I just never finished it. But I was having a great time with uh with the games and it definitely seemed more uh relaxed and um paced sort of better that well i don't know about better but just like paced in in a way where it felt like you were making constant progress and not being reset obviously for that game so it's it's on my radar and and if i do play it and finish it again i probably will end up finishing it twice because i'll probably end up going back to the 360 version as well for me my final game is uh, crash bandicoot 4 uh, it's about time it's again uh, i talked about rating studios um, before recently just for some s- something else um that people were doing and toys for bob ended up being s tier for me like top top of the tier list toys for bob which i think no one else is gonna is gonna go with but it got me thinking about Crash Bandicoot 4, and I love that game. I think that game is the best Crash Bandicoot game, and I love the Crash Bandicoot series. And so it's like it's better than games that I consider classics, and it's like a modern adaptation, which is like really, really hard to do. It's really hard to recapture the magic of a very old franchise, especially if you're not the original developer, and especially if you're like you have to go above and beyond and that kind of thing. Like it's it's really not easy to do and it's why you know people celebrate like when you know god of war 2018 comes along or you know halo infinite or that kind of thing like people people celebrate those games that get there or get close to like what classic franchises you know used to be 
and Crash Bandicoot 4 did that for me, and it's perhaps the only example for me personally where Crash 4 is better than the original trilogy, which is cra- it's crazy as well, because, I mean, Naughty Dog were in their infancy with the original trilogy, but, you know, like, imagine trying to live up to Naughty Dog, right? Like, imagine being like, oh, yeah, we've got the franchise now, we'll, uh, we'll make a game as good as, you know, Naughty Dog makes. Like, like that's just the odds are stacked so far against you at that point. And for years and years, Crash Bandicoot was was bad after Naughty Dog left the series and Activision got the rights. You know, there's all those, like, Crash of the Titans or whatever, like, like those, those games that people didn't like. And so it had been such a long time. And then to make, like, an official sequel to the original trilogy, to go back and to try and do that and to do it so successfully... I think it's a really masterful game and it's very, very difficult. It's very, very time consuming as a completion. It would require me to get back up to speed to get my skills back on those levels, which would take some time. It would be frustrating. There would be, I'm sure there'd be levels where, you know, when you play a platformer or like any game, really, there's sometimes where you get like a lucky run, like you get like a run and you beat a level in one attempt. That's like super difficult out of nowhere. And you're like, thank God I did it on that run, because if I failed that run, it's possible I could have been playing it for like five hours straight before I get a run that's like anywhere near as good as that. And then there's sometimes where the opposite happens, obviously, where you you don't get lucky and, you know, you bash your head against the wall for a mission that isn't even particularly that difficult. And Crash Bandicoot 4 has all of that. So subjecting myself to redoing it would basically nullify all of that luck and all of that coincidence because it'd be you know you'd have to do it with consistency because you'd have to do it twice so it would be a huge commitment and that's a testament to how much i enjoy the game and how just fantastic i think it is as a platformer and everything that it tries to do it's it's a tiring game it's requires endurance to get through it as a completion the achievement list is great the variety in the levels is really, really strong, and I, I love all the different abilities, the different settings, the pacing of the game, the boss fights are good, which is crazy to say, and almost everything about it is pretty much perfect. So for me, that's a game where I would 100% recomplete it if I get the opportunity to, and probably, uh, I don't know, I don't know if I'd commit to the original trilogy, because I think, I don't think Crash Bandicoot 3, I think it's it's pretty good, but it's not as good as the other two, as the other three so it's like i remember when i played the insane trilogy and i really like crash bandicoot 1 and crash bandicoot 2 but then you get to crash 3 and obviously unless you're crazy you do the games in order right you do crash 1 first and it's always sad when you like you're on like the downhill like you're like oh i gotta play through this game and it's not as good as the other ones so that can really kill your motivation so maybe the insane trilogy is one i'd consider but definitely Crash Bandicoot 4 is a game that I'd recomplete. That's so cool that you brought that because you just... Weren't you like one of the first people in the world to do it? Yeah, I was first in the world on Xbox. First in the world. That is fucking awesome. I just can't get over that. So when you said that, I was like, oh my god that is definitely something yeah, that's very that's very awesome. That's a good choice. All right. Um, and that's it for that. And what about the trophy and achievement of the week? What have you brought to this week? I've got, uh, it's from Nobody Saves the World. I was struggling to find one this week because um, I like achievements that have like a cool name and a cool concept to them. And so many achievements are just really boring. Like I looked through like the Shadow of the Tomb Raider ones and they're not necessarily boring when you play the game, 
but I want to choose something where it's like interesting to like read or like hear about as well. So I went with From Nobody Saves the World, which I think last time I picked an achievement from their list as well. So they've got a great list. It's called The Light Expanse, which is to completely light the Dark Expanse, which I think is quite cool. And the Dark Expanse is this area of the map where you you take damage. You know, like um, it's a concept in quite a few games, but where you have like there's like a lit area. And if you go out of that area, you take damage constantly. And so to be able to like fully light up this place called the Dark Expanse, I like the play on words. I mean, it's not really a play on words. I guess it's it's very, very slight. But just to just to completely light a dark area and like have a permanent change in the map or in these dungeons is cool to me. I like it when games do that kind of thing. So that's that, that's what I went with. That's a that's a good one. I, I like what you were saying about, you know, trying to pick one that's got good names or, or things like that. But, I you know, I've, I've been so obsessed with Stardew. I was like, I want to pick another one from Stardew, but they don't have very interesting trophies and achievements. They're kind of just like, do this, do this, do this. And I chose this trophy called Polyculture because I am working on it. It's something like I'm, I'm doing all this stuff on my farm and I'm working and I, I have plans to do things in the future but then i'm also like looking at crops and it this trophy is polyculture um shift 15 of each crop and it's not as bad as it sounds but you in the second year you only or you unlock new seeds and so there's crops that i'm planting for the first time and i'm like man i need you know i need 36 to 45 of these because i do little nine by nine squares or uh, nine by nine three by three and so whenever i'm doing this i'm like oh man i need to have some left over but also i need to ship 15 of them like at least and so i'm constantly like thinking about this and and i was like that's just a cool trophy that is constantly in the back of my head as i'm playing and then it's nice it has a tracking in the game it like it has a shipped uh, little tab so you can see the items that you've shipped and i i've i i've shipped like hundreds of items or not hundreds of items but certain items i've shipped hundreds of and there's also a trophy for shipping 300 of one item and i'm like oh i'll hit that just naturally like i don't even have to think about that but i definitely need to think about 15 of each crop because i didn't even know like there's crops that you can only grow in certain seasons so once you miss that season and you haven't got those crops sold to 15 it's like oh you gotta wait a whole year for the next one and it's like oh i didn't want to don't want to miss anything but yeah that's that's it do you have any final thoughts aj no i think i'm really happy with our with our topic today in terms of like the the lists we've got because they're so different and we we had like some overlap to like add to each other's thoughts but we totally went in different directions which is always cool yeah i thought that was really fun and refreshing to do something like that but yeah thanks for listening everyone happy hunting peace out see ya Thank you so much for listening to Complete Edition. If you like the content, consider supporting us on patreon.com slash completion club. If you have any questions or would like to reach us, email completionclub at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to Complete Edition.